Hello everyone. This is my first streaming video, so please bear with me. Sorry that I'm a little bit late in trying to get this thing going, but hopefully uh, there won't be any more glitches. Uh, lots been going on since uh, I've seen a lot of you people uh, last. It's been one of those days where uh, I've come to church in a normal routine. I'm used to hearing doors open and close and people greet one another and being able to enjoy the experience that we have together at FCC. However, or lived before, it's a moment whenever we, <laughs> somebody's throwing rocks at the window. That's weird. Uh, it's a moment whenever we ourselves are trying to make sense of a thing that doesn't make a lot of sense on so many fronts. Sorry. Hey, the, the door on the front is, is unlocked, okay? All right. Sorry about that. I'm back. Well, um, I see there are five people uh, in church with me right now. Now there's only four, so we've lost one. And uh, sorry for the disruptions, but it's... Um, it's uh, it's sort of building the airplane as you fly it. How's it going? I I, I don't. No. Okay. Can can you reset it and, and see? Because it, it it's saying that I'm live. Is it working? Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, hopefully we can focus a little bit on, on uh, the matter at hand. Uh, and that is how, how we as a church uh, can, can navigate the, the terrain that we're, we're finding ourselves in that I found pastorally has been a challenge for a lot of our people. Uh, we have had a lot of people calling and asking uh, for guidance on how we navigate these circumstances. Some uh, concerns have been pretty minor because I think some of you are holding up pretty well. Other concerns I think have been uh, more, more great, more, um, uh, uh, I guess, deeply personal. And because it's never been something that we've ever experienced before, uh, these are concerns that weigh heavily on uh, minds, especially older people who watch a lot of news and they have a lot of concerns about how um, uh, this virus is gonna impact their lives. Now, the thing that I wanna, I guess, start out with is just I wanna begin our time together uh, with a word of prayer. And then I wanna ask God to enable this process so that his purposes can be fulfilled. Would you bow with me? Father, as we just begin this journey together, online. It is unusual for us to be able to uh, experience worship in a manner like this, and so we pray that your spirit would enable on all fronts, whether it is me speaking or hearts that are receiving or, or even technology that is being used uh, in, in ways that um, 
that, that at times uh, we find uh, uh, frustrating, if not overwhelming. Lord, we know your purposes can be accomplished today, and we just pray that uh, they would be done in, in a way that brings you glory. Father, I pray for every heart that is here that is struggling, that you would speak through me in a way that would uh, enable us to know a, a word that is timely, a word that will be helpful, a word that will enable us, Father, to um, uh, move forward. Uh, so we just want to surrender this and all of its messiness to you. And uh, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to begin with a, a, a story. Uh, a few years ago, my mother was uh, staying inside all winter, and she had decided that she was going to take uh, uh, an opportunity one winter day uh, to go and um, uh, just buy some bird seed at the tractor supply. And as she was doing that, she didn't realize that she brought home with herself a passenger, and that was a, a, a flu virus. Uh, and this was about three years ago, and uh, she uh, found herself uh, with symptoms a couple of days later. Uh, they intensified, and uh, my mom, being somebody that is pretty private, she didn't tell anybody until it escalated to a point where she needed medical attention. It was a scary time for our family because we saw this thing go from just a cold uh, to flu, to dehydration, to having to call an ambulance. And it was pretty scary, I, uh, I'll have to admit. And there was a, a feeling that uh, between my sisters and myself that uh, there's a possibility uh, we may even lose her. And they had um, uh, uh, done everything that they could from the standpoint of uh, encouraging her to stay in and do all those things. Uh, we try to do our due diligence to provide for our mother in that time, but I get it. She got tired of being inside, and she decided to venture out just to uh, grab some bird seed and come back in. And I think uh, this story, as I tell it, hopefully will resonate with those of you who are fearful about going out, uh, because I think it'll help you with those fears a little bit. Uh, my mom did end up in the hospital, and uh, we had serious conversations. Eventually, uh, after a few weeks there, she was able to recover and get her life back. But it was a long process of overcoming. And uh, the next uh, year, uh, she decided that she was gonna she was gonna be one of the first people uh, to self isolate. Uh, which she did. And so last year she found herself uh, uh, in the midst of flu season and cold season, but uh, it had no impact on her whatsoever. Uh, this year, as you know, we've had type A influenza, type B, and now we've got the coronavirus. And it is a real concern that um, uh, we've, we've been uh, carrying around that uh, if we've got to uh, type A or type B, or we've had a cold and then we get the coronavirus, our immune system is, is compromised and, uh, uh, and it's a greater threat. Uh, my mom, I can say at, at this point, has not had any of that because she's done one thing and that is she has chosen to 
uh, self-isolate for the, the past two years, and it's really paid off. And I say this because I know that fear is something that is in the minds of our people, and especially our shut-ins, and they're with the news constantly cycling through bad news that it's going to get them. And I can assure you that if you follow the protocols that uh, we've been instructed to do, that's probably not going to happen. And uh, I just use her as a means of hopefully encouraging you, if you are shut in or you know somebody that is that's struggling with this, that they can, um, they can experience um, uh, or you can experience a lot of activity going on in here all of a sudden. Uh, they can experience um, uh, a sense of peace knowing that this isn't going to be a problem, that if you do what we need to do, then we'll be okay. But here is the problem, and it is how we relate to fear. And fear is one of those things that I face every day in various forms. And as I've had to wrestle with it myself, um, I've discovered that there are solutions to fear that we can tap into. But the first thing I want you to be aware of is that uh, fear is real. And in some cases, it's good. And in some cases, it's it's um, counterproductive. The best way I like to describe it is uh, being in your car. And fear is one of those things that I think you need to you need to have alongside with you in the car. But fear is also one of those things that while in the car, uh, it can it, it, it can try to take control. And that's where we get into trouble because by design, we were we are not called to be controlled by fear. Actually, the scripture says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, that said, the fact of the matter is we have all kinds of fears in any given day. A car ride is a good way, I think, to describe how we experience it on a given day. If you have something that is just developed in your imagination that it's beginning to take hold and it's starting to escalate and it's beginning to, to redefine how you're looking at life, that's probably an indicator that fear is trying to get behind the wheel of the car and drive the car. And fear should never be given uh, uh, an opportunity to get behind the wheel. It, it, um, it is a great passenger, but a horrible driver. And right now, I think fear is behind the wheel of a lot of our, our hearts and our minds and our lives. It is something that is driving us through this. And I'm here to help you not only put the brakes on, on, on the fear in your life, but also to, to cancel or revoke fear's driver's license in your life. And I believe that what we discover in scripture, what we know regarding our relationship with the Lord, that is entirely possible. Fear is uh, uh, a, a topic that is perennial in scripture. And most of you are aware that there are at least uh, 365 fear knots in, in, in the Bible. 
one for each day. And as we take our fears uh, into that place where God helps us to begin to redefine it, uh, it also helps us to discover once again who really is in control. Now, fear, as, um, as we see it in Scripture, is um, in the back of the minds of people that often experience catastrophic or, should I say, major or spectacular life events. Um, one of them, one of them I, I can think of, it's just the time when the angel appeared um, uh, before uh, various people uh, that were getting ready to have their lives redirected by uh, the call that God was placing upon them. And usually it involved an angel who would show up and he might tell somebody uh, like Abraham or uh, Zachariah or uh, Mary. And the opening line would be after the appearance of the angel uh, would simply be fear not. And I look at that as a pattern for how we should respond to events that are life-changing, that have no precedent in our experience, that we don't have categories for to begin to filter uh, what they mean. And when God shows up or when the angel of the Lord shows up or when an archangel shows up, whatever the case may be, and they say those words, they mean it. And they mean that as they begin to tell you how your life is getting ready to be redirected, that in the background of their lives, God is at work. And that, I think, is something that we have to keep ourselves attuned to, that God is at work. And in everything that is happening, as the pause button is being pushed on the world, God is working. And not only that, God is working through the prayers of his people. And as I just go back to our elderly people who are watching news 24-7, and a lot of times it's so that they can make sense of what is going on, but also to have companionship, I want to help them and help you to take those voices and give them a firm admonition that you are not behind the wheel of my life and kick them back to the back seat. And maybe in some cases with the media, just stick them in the trunk for a while and pay attention to the things of the Lord. Now, God is taking this opportunity, I think, to refine our ability to tune into him. And he's using your fear and mind to do that because the fears that we have because they are so overwhelming, at times drive us to that place where we know that we can't make sense of what's happening, but we know someone who is more than able, and that is the Lord. Now, when we look at the situation that we're going into, it involves trying to make sense of what's happening. Now, we do listen to the news, and we do try to um, pay attention to the admonitions that we hear from different voices, including the governor or maybe the president or the CDC or the health department. 
And these are all voices that help us in the process of making sense of what's going on. And if you're like me, uh, you need to make sense of things. And if you don't, you're, you're restless until you, you do or you can. The problem is that we are not in a position to make sense of, of very much of what is happening. Usually we can kind of figure it out after a while, but under these conditions, because things don't make sense and we are sense-making beings, we get anxious. And if you're anxious, I would say that there are voices that you need to tune into that will help you through this time as they are authorities and trustworthy people in helping us to make sense. And let me just offer a few um, that, that uh, in, in, in canceling fear have played a very good role. I'll say for starters, uh, our governor, uh, Governor DeWine has, in my mind, uh, earned my trust because he has spent, as this thing is ramped up, a considerable amount of time in, in the early part of January just trying to figure out how to make sense of this. Because his primary driver was, how can I be a voice of authority? How can I be a trustworthy leader as I lead our people in the state of Ohio to make sense of what is happening if it in fact becomes something that, that uh, is threatening to the state. And I appreciate that because as a politician, uh, you don't see a lot of times them putting first uh, the interest of the community. It's usually language that says they're interested, but behavior that dictates otherwise. But his, his mindset was, I'm more concerned about the community than I am about personal gain or corporate interest. And I'm sure that people on the business end of the, all, of the, all, all of this are pretty upset with the fact that he's shutting down um, people that uh, produce commerce. And I admire him for that. And the fact that he has done his homework and he's doing the right thing for the community tells me he is a trustworthy person that is helping to make sense as a leader in a time when I can't make sense of what's happening. And the same applies to Dr. Acton, who I think is very much in step with our governor and very much in tune with, um, in an in, in even pastoral sense, uh, how fear uh, in a therapeutic uh, mode uh, needs to be spoken to. And her voice is very calming as she takes um, the credibility of um, what her and our, our governor have, have garnered as a, as a map for uh, the, the, the times that we live in and how that map is actually the map, the, the go-to map for the rest of the country. So when it comes to sense-making, I'm trusting our governor. And the other, the other group of people that I trust happens to be our elders. You don't see what they do oftentimes. You're not aware of what occurs in meetings. But I can assure you that uh, the substance of the meetings always is about the well-being of the community of people at, at Salem First Christian Church. And I am so grateful that I have elders in the backdrop of my life 
that show that kind of concern and awareness and attend to the problems and the challenges of being the shepherds of our church. And they, and they not only add credibility to that by praying for you and doing Bible study together and being honest and candid in our elders meetings, but I know many of them are calling uh, our, our, our people, whether they're shut-ins or just people that have been attending or everyone in between. And as this thing unfolds, uh, my trust in their trustworthiness uh, continues to, to grow. And their ability to make sense out of what is happening has also been very helpful for me because as I have just uh, one set of eyes, I can only see things from a very limited perspective. And as elders and myself and, and, uh, and, and staff have conversations about what's happening, it's pretty amazing how God works through that conversation. And I, and I feel like he has been working in that way. As, uh, as they, as a group of shepherds, um, uh, walk through this and have these, these things on our hearts and the prayer concerns of our people, as well as the well-being of our overall community, um, that is the second group of people that I trust to make sense in the circumstances that we are in. All that said is the more that I can't make sense and I trust people who are making sense, the more I relax, the more I feel like I can begin the day knowing that despite all the bad things that are happening, including an unseen enemy called the coronavirus, I can trust that there are people who are responsibly doing what they are called to do under these conditions. And I hope as I just unfold that a little bit that you can trust me. Um, my desire has been, how can I make the best sense out of what is happening so that I can lead effectively for our people? How can I engage our people for praying and for caring for one another and for just shepherding and building the church together? And there's just so many exciting things that I've seen happen just in the course of, of all of these things. And I don't see this as an entirely bad thing from that point of view. And for me, it's been um, an opportunity, I think, to think pretty seriously about how we as a community of people can be stronger and uh, make sense together out of what is happening. So we're trying to cancel fear and canceling fear requires making sense. And these are some of the avenues and people involved in sense making. And so I'm following their lead. And I hope as I follow their lead and as God lead, uh, leads me, uh, you can follow my lead in this. Sense-making is based on listening to trustworthy people who have credibility. And there are a lot of voices out there that I honestly am not sure about. And I, have to, I hate to say it, but I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, if you get online or you watch TV, there's a lot of voices that are basically doing the best that they can to put fear back in the driver's seat and behind the wheel. And so the voices that you hear 
that are encouraging fear to take control are probably voices you should tune out. Now, I'm not afraid under these circumstances, except for the impact that they have on our people. I obviously have concerns about the virus coming into, in, into our, our, our lives, but I know that if we follow our, the leaders that are giving directions, that perhaps uh, will be a very diminished risk. What I'm paying attention to more than uh, fear as it's trying to take hold is actually the good things that God can do in these conditions. When fear in its inappropriate way is canceled, when the driver's license that fear has been issued is revoked, and fear is kicked back to uh, the the um, the <laughs> the um, uh, the trunk, and its only role is to just warn us when the circumstances merit it. When fear finds its place and its role in the car, I think that's when it's time to push the gas pedal down and just begin to go into those spaces that we can that god is moving in and one of them obviously is on the digital platform and so my encouragement to you is to pray for one another encourage one another make phone calls to one another and see what god can do pick up the church directory and just call people and check in pray for them prayer works i i just want to close uh with a personal story um, now, most of you know my son Christian uh, has been in the Republic of Georgia, and his uh, girlfriend Jenny came and stayed for about 10 days, and she was getting ready to return the other day, and we called and we prayed with her and said, you know, asked the Lord to give her a safe passage home. What I didn't realize was he certainly did that, but it was under conditions that I didn't foresee, because as a uh, they, they were starting the process of, of getting, getting her uh, organized for that. Um, I noticed the other night that the State Department had given a travel advisory. Basically, it was a level four saying, all the people that are from all over the world that are United States citizens have to return. So I was anxious. And when I heard that and I called Christian and I finally got a hold of him and I said, Christian, they're closing the borders in the United States, and we don't know for how long, but you're going to have to find a way back if you can. Well, he had called and said that Jenny's flight was canceled, and there was some concern about getting back. And I started texting, and I said to people that were in our small group, uh, people that I'm close to, please be praying for Christian and Jenny that they can get back. Well... It's been pretty dramatic, but Christian and Jenny were able to get on the last plane out of Georgia, which had to um, uh, land in Amsterdam for a stopover so that they could get an overseas flight. They got the last overseas flight uh, from Amsterdam, and uh, they landed in 
New York last night. And I just praise the Lord for that because my fear was he would get stuck there. But my course of action was I'm going to ask God to get behind the driver's seat on this and I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to do my due diligence and I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to the airport to pick him up right after I get done with this message. Uh, so uh, please continue to pray that they're okay, uh, that they didn't bring anything home with them. And I will keep you uh, uh, up, uh, up to speed on how this unfolds. But for those who had prayed for them, I am so grateful because God works. And I could just go on and tell you story after story just in the last week of how I've seen prayer work. I want to encourage you guys as, um, as I end the message uh, to take your fear and to just kick him back to the back seat. And if he's really trying to get behind that wheel, kick him all the way back to the trunk. And then I want to take your attention and focus on the things of the Lord. As I close, a lot of you have been going through the psalm booklets. And I just think that's another sermon in and of itself, how God's worked through that. But those have been so important to shape our thinking and engage our hearts and our spirits with the Lord in ways that have created a peace that passes all understanding. So if you don't have a psalm booklet, we can digitally get you one. Just let the office know or let me know, and we'd be happy to pass that on. And that, I think, will help to redirect your fear to its proper place and put your heart and mind in the place that it needs to be for such a time as this. Thanks for being patient and helping uh, this process by, by being engaged with us online with YouTube. Uh, share this. I'm sorry for the glitches up front. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get more better as we go on. Uh, but before I close, uh, I just want to have a word of prayer. Would you bow with me and let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful that we worship a God who is greater than anything that would be the object of our fear, greater than death, greater than uh, every power and principality that is at work in this world greater than every force that we would have to reckon with. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you not only are for us, but you are with us. And you are not only with us, you are in us. And whatever it is that we have to face in this next week, we trust that with you behind the wheel and us being in that place where we are just following your lead, that we will be more than conquerors. We are thankful that in this world, you tell us we will have trouble, but because of what you have done on a bloodstained cross and that empty tomb, you remind us that you have overcome. And I just pray for all of our people that they could be overcomers in you and that the things that they see happening in the world around them will be shaped by looking at them through the lens of your word and life together with you. Just bless our people, Lord, and bless this message and help us, Father, as your people to minister to one another as we see this as a kingdom opportunity, maybe unlike we've ever had before. And I just want to lift these things up to you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, take care, and we'll talk to you soon.